For more information about Living Word St. Paul, head on over to lwcc.org slash St. Paul. Hi guys, I'm Jamie Hammond, and I'm here to talk to you today about how God loves diversity in creativity. When you first hear the word God, there's an image that comes to your mind. It might even just be the letters G-O-D, because that should even show us how there have been images wherever you grew up on, where based on wherever you grew up, of what that word God even looks like. To some of us, we see a old white man in the sky who looks a little bit like Zeus. To others, maybe Jesus is, or maybe it looks like Jesus, a Middle Eastern man, which is actually what the real Jesus was, was a Middle Eastern man who grew up in a system, literally, where uh, an overarching empire, the Roman Empire, had oppressed his people. And so however you see the word God, there's an image that comes to your mind. And if you followed last week's message, um, it was all about letting go of the images that we've been played uh, or shown from our culture. Me being an American 27-year-old white man, I've seen images that have been presented to me that look like what I think joy should be, success, freedom. All of these words have an image attached to it. And so whenever we read the Bible, the fact that it says it's God's word, you don't need to take that in such a spooky way because really what he's saying is every word that's being written here is written from an image that the writer had. It was an image that God gave the writers that the writers gave words to. So now, when we read the Bible from that perspective, it is not just what God said, it's what God saw. So now when you read the Bible, it's not about reading words, it's about receiving new images. That's why all throughout scripture, the primary channel of change is to change your thoughts. There are numerous teachers all around the world, not just in the boundaries of Christianity, but outside of it everywhere, talking about how changing your mind is the key to changing your life. If you can change your thoughts, you can change your actions. But then we have to ask the question, what is a thought? A thought is an image. When I say the word hot dog, you don't just see the letters H-O-T-D-O-G. You saw a hot dog based on a memory or however it is you've seen hot dogs before. So now when we say things like God said or we even just say the word God, there's an image that comes to your mind that has been presented to you. But in order to approach this conversation from the right lens, you have to let go of the image that you have held onto. We could also say the image that you have worshipped. Most of us, for me, a lot of the images that I worshipped were nothing more than the gods of consumerism. Success being more money, freedom being financial freedom, and joy being something connected to money again. <laughs> money or things or looks or sex usually is what our definition of happiness or our image of happiness looks like 
in the American mind because those are the images that are given to us. But when we read this, this is an opportunity for a new image. And one of my favorite images that is presented in this book is in a chapter in the book of Exodus where it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses, the leader of the people at that time, saying, tell the children of Israel, tell my people, that they would bring a contribution. So we see God, and be careful what image you attach to that, we see the creator of all things asking something, asking for something from the people. Immediately, I bet a lot of us thought of how so many things and places who represent God ask for things. And I think it's probably not even a, it doesn't take a lot of spiritual intelligence to probably assume. I can probably assume that there are people watching this video, that there's probably a lot of you that have been hurt by a religious asking for something, a religion or the universe asking you for something. Do you ever feel that way? Like the, the universe is asking, it's asking something from me, and that feels like a lot of pressure. And how religion many times will present it is God is demanding these things from you. He demands your money, he demands your time, he demands your life, and for that reason, so many people don't wanna sign up for the whole God thing. They don't wanna sign up for the whole religion thing because you're just demanding things that you're not going to help me do. And so, this image is presented in the book of Exodus, chapter 25, where God is asking for contributions in order to build his house. But watch how different this is than anything we've ever seen. This is a different image. He says, say unto the children of Israel, ask them to bring me a contribution. What does that contribution look like? Of every man that gives it willingly with his heart, shall you receive a contribution. So hold on for a second. The first thing I want to preface is, this is not God demanding that everybody give something. He's only asking people who want to. <laughs> so if you're watching this video, don't feel any pressure from what you see as God to give something to that. If you don't feel a desire already in you because the only reason he would ask something from you is if it's already in you. This was something I had to be reminded of. Sometimes in religion, we can feel like God is asking something from us that I don't even have, but he will ask something from me that I didn't even work for. The craziest dichotomy of this whole story is that these people were once slaves in a system that demanded they build pyramids. They build an empire. Think about even what is on our dollar bill. It is a pyramid. And there's a space in that pyramid. If you look at the dollar bill, 
there's a space in between the eye and the rest of the pyramid that shows there's still more to build in this empire. And does that mean that America in and of itself is evil? No, that's not what we're saying. Does that mean that it's just a bunch of messed up people running this nation? No, it's that there is a thought process. We've said it all throughout these videos. There is a thought process. There is an image presented to the American people. And it's different based on, it's different from uh, the images presented in America to an image presented in Indonesia. I've been to Indonesia, spent a lot of time there, and I can say the images of success and joy is different than what I grew up with in America. Does that mean that any image is better? I don't know if I can say, but what I can say is every culture must let go of its gods. We have to let go of these images that we grew up being told this is joy and this is success and this is God. Because the true God is so much bigger than the image we carried from the system. And that's what this whole story is about in the book of Exodus, is that God is constantly showing he's so much different than anything they've ever imagined. And they have to let go of some old thought patterns. And one of these old thought patterns was, where does God live? Where does the ultimate authority in the universe live? Because in the system, in Egypt, the ultimate authority lived in a palace while the people lived in the shacks. The wealth was completely funneled to the pharaoh, to the king, to the wealthy. That's why, that, that's why a culture has slaves. Egypt has slaves. Why? So that the rich can keep getting richer while the slaves stay on the bottom. And so they build this empire, sweat and blood, brick by brick, building a palace for a king who lives somewhere else. But this god shows up to these people who were once slaves to a system, and he says, I don't want you to build me a pyramid. I want you to build me a tent. Why a tent? Because they lived in tents. So the ultimate authority is not coming to them and saying, build me a palace while you all live in shacks. He says, if you live in a tent, I will live in a tent. How you live is where I will live. Ultimate authority, it'll be with you. It's not gonna be separate somewhere far away in a palace somewhere. It is going to be among the people. And in this space, he says, I'm gonna ask something from you guys who were once slaves to a system. I'm gonna ask a contribution from you. If you want to build this tent, then join in. But I'm only gonna ask those of you who want to. And I just want to remind you, the God I'm talking about, this is not a God who forces you to want him. This is not something that says, you better give me something even if you don't want me to. No. No. This is a God who says, only those that want to, I, I would ask something from them if they'd, be, if they'd want to give it. But look at how crazy of a gift he's asking of. You might think, oh, of course it's God. He's probably going to ask for money or it's going to, you know, whatever it is that you've seen religion through the lens of. 
or God through the lens of excuse me. He says, bring a contribution of gold, silver, and bronze. And you might think, of course, money, but these things didn't represent money. These were so beyond material wealth. He doesn't just stay in gold and silver and bronze. He says, if you have blue and purple and scarlet threads, fine linen threads, goat hair, ram's skins dyed red, badger skins, <laughs> uncorruptible wood, which is a kind of wood in the Middle East at that time, oil, spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense, precious gems, onyx stones, and light uh, or for the light, spices for the oil, and precious stones that would all be used to build my house. Hold on a second. One of the craziest things ever written in the Bible is that we are God's house. God's house is not a building. If there's anything we learned in 2020, it's that God's house is so separate from four walls of a religious organization. God's house is made of a collective group of people. And in that house, he lives in a community of people. He tells us right off the bat here, when we're building my house, it's gonna be so different than the system than what the system built. The system made you build pyramids for dead kings, but God, he says, I want all diversity and all creativity to make up my house. If my house isn't diverse, then it's not my house. If my house didn't require creativity to build it, then it's not my house. But isn't that just like the opposite of the system? That is so opposite and contrary to how we grow up with this mindset of, I'll work my nine to five job and I'll build brick by brick by brick only to find out at the end of your life you didn't actually own anything. I realized the other day, guys, I don't really even own my house. The bank owns my house. What do I really even own? So when I allow myself to take a step back and ask the question, am I building the system's pyramids or am I actually building God's house? Because I can get behind that purpose. I could get behind a purpose where there is a house being built, a collective group of people forming in the world right now. A group of people that goes so far beyond political affiliation and skin color and all different kinds of backgrounds and nationalities. All people are invited to partake in the building of this collective. There is a movement happening right now. A collective, a group of people where literally the divine is living in this house. You might be living in Moscow right now, but you're waking up. You're waking up to something that there's a possibility that's of a greater world, a world where joy actually looks like more than some 
cheesy commercial I saw or a movie and that romance doesn't have to look like I've been shown my whole life, that it doesn't have to look like whatever it is you think it looks like. If it's not diverse, then it's not God. And if it's not creative, it's not God. As this collective grows, it is a collective of people who understand that the world is looking for a beautiful art piece, that the world is looking for a new image of hope. And I believe if you're watching this, and you think to yourself, man, I feel like something's been happening to me where I feel like I'm waking up to, I, I don't think the images that have been presented to me are actually what success means and what joy means and what love means. You're waking up if that's the case. And we're waking up together as a community. And what we can know and rest in is that it's gonna be diverse and it's gonna be a creative. Some of us are waking up to our creativity again, waiting for, like, wait a minute, I, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life working this same, this doing the same thing every single day, just bringing another brick to the pile? The message that I think needs to be spoken to us this week is now we get to bring our own bricks and not only do you get to, we're not just bringing our own bricks, we're bringing our own gifts. You have a gift that no one else has. What are we doing? Going brick by brick, building a systems vision when you have everything you have on the inside of you. Let's not waste our lives bleeding for another pyramid, but let's build a house together because there's something happening in the world today of a collective group of people growing all across the world that it's so big, it's so beautiful, it's so diverse, it's so creative. And, and that's one of my favorite things too about this is that diversity is creativity in God's eyes. That he's not just asking for the same gift. He wants everything from gold to badger skin. Badger skin in the Middle East was the most common. People considered it cheap. But the fact that God would ask for gold and badger skin shows us, even if you think your gift is cheap, God doesn't see it that way. When it fits into the collective, your gift is never cheap. The system might call you cheap, but you're not cheap. That's what consumerism does. It takes the gifts in you and it says, oh, well, that's only, that's only worth something if you use that gift to make a bunch of money. No, this gift, you fit in this collective. No matter who you are watching this video, you already fit. You already fit. And we're a community of people looking to grow more and more towards a, a, a tightly unified global collective that is God's house that he's building, full of diversity and full of creativity. So if you're watching this video, again, our advice is always the same, just stay open. There's no pressure on you to make yourself creative. Just take a step back for a moment because God's only gonna ask this from people who want to. And so that being said, I think that the future is so big for us I think that there's so much hope and so much love 
and even in that, there's so much more to imagine. Thank you for watching today, and I hope you enjoyed it. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. If you'd like to connect with us further, go to our website so we can help you connect with one of our hosts. We understand that there are some that want to support what we're doing financially, so we want to give you the space to do so. Feel free to text LWSP and your amount to 28950, or you can visit lwcc.org give. We want you to know if you feel obligated to give at this moment, please don't give. To those who are giving today though, we wanna give you a big thank you and thank you for your financial support as we continue to support our community and share this message. Lastly, as always, stay connected with us throughout the week by following our Instagram or visiting our website, lwcc.org slash St. Paul. And we'll see you guys next week.